Coast to throws it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up three pointer. Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. our second episode here going coast to coast canvassing the league we did east coast last year i'm back here with my man ronan we're gonna cover the west coast today my guy you ready i'm pumped on i'm I'm excited i don't know i think this this western conference is gonna be uh gonna gonna go a little bit differently than than the east and it's gonna be a gonna be an interesting conversation here yeah man i with the way we talked about the east last week Things kind of, you know, there's there were some hot takes. Maybe there was a couple of interesting questions, but for the most part, I, I think we we nailed it based on where these teams are going to be at. When we're looking at the Western Conference, man, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of good teams, but there's a lot of things that can go wrong for some of these teams. And I, we'll try to be a little more organized this time. Maybe we're going to go for our first tier. Let's talk about some teams that we know. There are some question marks. There's some things to look at, but they're going to be good no matter what. Like, what's the first team that comes to your mind when, you know, they're coming into the season and there's just zero questions about the fact that they're going to be, say, a top four seed? I mean, let's just keep it simple. I mean, look at, look at, let's just, let's go a bit, a bit while we'll say, I'm looking at the Utah Jazz as, as, as one of yeah. the teams. Mm-hmm. They're, they're coming back pretty much the same team that, that, uh, was the one seed last year, went 52 and 20. And regardless as if they can be the one seed again with the improvements made by uh, other teams in the in the conference, you just know that the Utah Jazz are going to be one of the top teams in the West, especially during the regular season. We're going to see another leap from uh, Donovan Mitchell some of the role players, if they can step up, it, it could be another big year for this Utah team. Yeah, I mean, last year they were just breaking records left and right. I mean, that was one of, not just one of the best, if not the best season in Jazz history. It was one of the best offensive seasons, in both offense and defense, total performances over a course of a season in NBA history. And their first place overall, they had a 72% winning percentage, they were first in defense, third in offense, 9.3 net rating. That was second best in franchise history. And believe it or not, they had three all-stars. That's the first time that's happened in franchise history. Um, Conley, obviously, everyone's going to have the argument. Maybe it should have been Shea. Probably should have been Shea, but he deserved it over the seat, over the course of his career. Never got one. Yeah. But they were just proving it night in, night out. I think they really stepped out of the conversation of, is it going to be the Nuggets? Is it going to be the Jazz? Is it going to be the Suns? For a few years now, they've been emerging as the best and most consistent, at least in the regular season, out of those teams. And 
the thing is, I don't think there's going to be a huge drop off for them here. No. I just don't know if they're going to maintain that level of efficient scoring. I mean, it, it's very possible that they do. I mean, it's just really tough to repeat such a consistent offensive force there. But like you said, they got everyone back. They locked up Conley. They added more depth in the front court. Has front court Hassan Whiteside. That's a great addition. Um, and you know, we'll see what we get out of Butler. But if you have even a fraction of what you're getting out of uh, the likes of Davion Mitchell, having a defensive minded guard on that team. And this, that's another fantastic addition, even as a rookie um, Rudy Gay as well. That's a lot of insurance for guys like Royce O'Neal, Boyan and Joe Ingles. I think he's going to add that same dimension of a smart high IQ wing who can shoot rebound and just do a little bit of everything. And again, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. And I think the only question is just, Donovan Mitchell, is he going to be fully healthy? You had a little bit of that concern. He was having a tough time landing on that ankle in the off in uh, the postseason, but you know he had a whole offseason to rehab. So if he's good to go, this team's good to go. I, I think they're a lock for a top three seed. Yeah, hundred percent. The question that's really the main one for this Utah team is: Can they? I guess do what the what the books did and take the step from being this great regular season team into a team that are going to compete into the the latter stages of the postseason. That's that's what this team has got to be building towards, and that's what a guy like Donovan Mitchell has got to be ready to do this year. He he's got to be prepared to not just have the individual performances, but have that wild bringing his team to victories in the postseason. It's a big year for Donovan Mitchell. And what we see in the regular season is going to be important, but it's it's when we get to crunch time, because you know this, this Utah team is going to be up there. It's whether or not he can take that extra leap and become the guy in the postseason. Yeah. And, you know, we talk a lot about so many players taking leaps. Can they do this and do that? And in the what-if scenarios that we love to talk about all the time, you know, you can say that about anybody and that, that, you know, that can ring true for so many different players that, oh, obviously, if he all of a sudden became like an all NBA player, this team, this this team would be really good. This team would be championship ready. But when you talk about guys like Donovan Mitchell, who's shown time and time again that, you know, he came into the league with the athleticism, the IQ to be a star. And he added that shot, even going from college to the NBA. And he's not just a good spot up shooter. Now he's shooting off step backs off the dribble, getting really creative with how he can create his shot. And that went from an elite level to what looked like top, top tier at the end of last season and really gave you glimpses. I think that's that's a real guy that you can talk about. Okay, can he go from just a top 20 player, top 15, top 12? What, where does he start to belong in, in these conversations? And I think that's a guy who really could elevate them from not just, like you said, I love that you put it that way because I, I don't think that he's going to reach the levels of a Giannis type player, but I think he's got more levels to unlock. He's got more levels to unlock and he's got a team around him that's built for his strengths. And that would be, that would be a really interesting way for, uh, for his career to bloom in this moment. But um, who do we got next jazz? That was the first team I got actually on, uh, <laughs> on my ranking here. And again, we were talking about the rankings. It's going to be tough to actually, definitively say all right this next team is not as good as what who we just talked about but i think we're working in tears here so i'm pretty sure i know who you're gonna say for the second team here i mean do i gotta go lakers i think i uh 
Ooh. Oh, you're thinking out. You're thinking differently. I, no. I, yeah. Nope. I got the Phoenix Suns. I got your boy Booker here. One thing, all I'll say on these Phoenix Suns is I, I'm 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 looking at it and what I'm seeing this offseason. I'm not liking. It's it's looking like they are they are set up to disappoint this year. The owner clearly wants his money more than he wants to see this team succeed. I mean, the guy hasn't paid luxury tax since 2010, and now he's saying he doesn't want to give DeAndre Ayton a, a max contract. I mean, yeah. I think I think this guy. I think he did enough last year, especially when you look at. Uh, Guys like Michael Porter and Shea Gilgis Alexander has DeAndre Ayton done as much as them to deserve a max contract? Uh, yeah, I think he has. But no, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there. Let's go there. Let's let's go there. I because I I think I think it was. I really loved what I saw from Ayton, but here here's the fact. Just think about it from a business perspective. Ayton had one of his worst statistical years last season, albeit on better efficiency, for sure. He had less touches and the way that he had to develop alongside Chris Paul, that did take a little time. You make the argument, oh, all right, he showed it in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, I have I have so many notes here just talking about how amazing he was in the playoffs and how that was really indicative that he has, he does have that next level. And that's not just all potential. I, I think he will get there. But the fact is he showed it, for a very brief period of time and the position, I mean, as a center and he's not stretching the floor yet, he's doing really what you expect of a good center. And I think that's great for your young prospect who you want to blossom into a star one day, but he's doing what you expect for a guy of his caliber. Like I, I think that Aiden's been pretty disappointing since he was drafted and for him to achieve, honestly, what is the bare minimum for a guy who's going into his third year now? Uh, I don't know. It's fourth year. Sorry. Going to his fourth year. I, I, I think that averaging 15.8 points and 12 rebounds in the playoffs, that's what you would expect of a guy like that. Effective field goal percentage of 66, being able to dominate in the post, play against guys like Jokic, play against guys like Drummond, LeBron, AD, Montrez. That, that's what you expect from him. Is that max money? I don't know. My, Michael Porter Jr., projects to be potentially a transcendent like Kevin Durant-esque player. Not that I'm saying he's going to reach that, but like there's there's an allure to that kind of player archetype that's worthy of that investment, but is a center who does what AD does. I don't know what Aiden does. I'm sorry. Um, mm. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would pay that right away. I, I've got to see more out of him for a full season. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, I think that that's probably fair. I just think the development that he's made under coach Monty Williams, I think he's really kind of turned it around since since uh, Williams has come in and, and he's started to go back onto the track to a guy that they were expecting when they drafted him with the number one pick back in 2018. And yeah, we haven't got to see a full year out of uh, pure domination out of him. And that that's, that's one point uh, against him, but the way that they've paid Chris Paul this uh, this offseason and just the fact that the way this team is built and everything that, that made this Phoenix Suns team great 
Aiton's a huge part of that. And I think that alone is a reason that to take to take a risk here and, and, and pay him pay him that money. I know God, uh, it's, it's different when you're an owner. It's easier. I'm just sitting here. It's, it's no skin off my nose. Like, <laughs> but uh, it's just it's another time, 30 million. Come on. Chance. Maybe it's time to take a chance. He never, he, he never wants to take a chance. And I don't think he's going to be on the bread line if uh, the contract with Aiton doesn't work out. I think, I think, uh, I think he's, he's probably still going to be, uh, be okay. So if I'm him, I'm saying give Aiton the money. And have him come back excited and looking to take that extra leap on and not there coming back this season and thinking, right, am I even going to be here in uh, beyond 2022? Wait, you you have, think that's going to have an impact on like how he's playing and maybe team chemistry? I think it's, I think it's regardless. very likely. I, I, don't, mm. I don't think it should. And I, I don't think it will be in an, in an obvious way, but I think there's kind of in the subconscious of the coach and Aiton himself and some of the other players yeah. and probably Bridges too, because he's due, he's due uh, an extension as well. So he, he, it could be playing on his mind. Like what's if they're not willing to pay him, what the hell sort of deal are they going to be willing to pay me? So yeah. little things like that, that could have a negative impact. And it's, yeah, that, that, that is, that is something to, to keep in mind. You do have a point. Because I think, like, he's been such a player of confidence. And when his confidence was up, that's when he was soaring. But his confidence has been the main issue for not being as aggressive of a rebounder as an interior presence. And maybe that's it. Maybe maybe losing little confidence in that his position is secured. Maybe they, they change things up and how they're playing this year. I mean, that that's definitely a possibility. But um, but I don't know. The, the, way, the way I see it, you know, they, they tasted – they tasted the championship. They tasted what it was like to be in the brightest moment. And, you know, they, they lost. They, they took the first two games from the Bucs, first of all. And they they almost beat them in game three. And there's, it was a close series. And they looked like a team that belonged in the finals, regardless of the fact that AD was hurt, regardless of the fact that, you know, there wasn't Kawhi there. Um, they, they swept Jokic. They swept the Nuggets. Obviously, Murray wasn't there. But to sweep an MVP, that, that means something. I think they just did too much in the playoffs last year and kept their core together a, a young core too, that you can expect to have some improvements out of guys like Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, especially Deandre Ayton, you know, he didn't get paid, but I think if he continues on this path that he's on, I, I think that that takes a huge load of pressure off of guys like Booker and, and Chris Paul. Um, I, I think that they were just too good as a younger team in the playoffs to count them out as, an undeniable top three, top four team in the West this year. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I just think it's a, yeah, I think there's there's more of a question mark that than should be there. So, I think they went whether fifty fifty one and twenty one last year. Yeah, I'm probably thinking of them hitting around that mark again around around the around the the, the 50, 50 odd wins. I think that's that's that'll be a, that'll be a good mark for for the Suns this year. So we basically went toe to toe there, but you said Lakers. That's my third. And, you know, when I get into the Lakers, I want to put them here because obvious reason, LeBron. Um, this, this is a weird observation. This has nothing to do with basketball, but I feel like every time I see a picture of LeBron, LeBron this season, any thumbnail, anything, I look at him like, oh my God, he actually looks old. This is the first time I've seen pictures of him in like, 
legitimately noticed his age. I mean, everyone says it every single year. Is this the year that LeBron starts to fall? Whatever. And I think it's a lot less about that. That's not really the question I have. I don't bet LeBron against LeBron. I won't probably won't until he retires. But their huge asset last year was defense. And they lost a lot of defense. Kuzma was a plus defender last year. KCP was one of their best perimeter defenders. And Alex Caruso absolutely was, that was their best defender on the court last year. They would not have been a top five offense consistently throughout the entire season without those guys. We all know LeBron doesn't play defense anymore. We all know there's questions about what position AD is even going to play this year. Apparently it's going to be center. We'll, we'll see how, how long that lasts. But um, now we got questions about Taylor Horton Tucker. He's got surgery on his hand. We haven't seen Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis play together yet. They've had a terrible preseason, which, again, it's preseason. I know it doesn't matter. I think preseason, though, is a pretty good indicator of at least early problems that require solving. And you saw a lot of that. So I think there are legitimate questions in terms of health, in terms of fit and play style that need to be answered. And I think will be answered. But those are just questions I don't have with the Suns. I don't have them with the Jazz. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like for that reason, the Suns and the Jazz, they, they feel different to me this year. Not that, I don't, not that I don't think the Lakers could beat them ultimately in the playoffs or anything that, like that. But in regards to how prepared they are, how unquestionable it is that they will be successful throughout the course of the regular season, that that seems to be that seems to be different for me. Yeah, I think that that's that's a fair point. That the the Jazz and the Suns both had great years last year, and they're basically coming back as the same team. So you expect a similar sort of result this year. The Lakers are pretty pretty new team. They've made they made a lot of a lot of a lot of changes. They got a lot of new guys coming in jail, and there's a good chance that the aim this year is going to have to instead of trying to be this tough defensive team that they have been under under Frank Vogel because he is a great defensive coach become more of a team based on offense i think that's the the, the lineup they're going to have out in the court i think that's that a better that's a better uh, option for them than to try and be one of the top defensive team and rely on their defense to win them games like last year they're not going to be able to do that like they did last year. But the guys they're going to have in the court, when you're looking at Russ, AD, LeBron, Melo, everyone, like this team could be a, a legit offensive dynamite. It, it, it could literally be unstoppable if, if all things come together. But it, it doesn't matter if you can't if you can't hold them up on the other end. Who's Carmelo guarding? I think in, in regular season, I think it's okay. I I wouldn't worry too much about it. As long as they're as long as it's still there, it's okay. But I don't think I think they they're not going to worry about it too much during the regular season. As long as it because you know LeBron is going to step up that that bit more when it's the postseason. You know, if you're going to say he doesn't defend at all, that's fair enough. But compared to the regular season and the postseason that's another pretty big a pretty big jump there like if he if they need him to defend when it's the postseason I, I believe that he will and I mean you talk about him looking old I mean did you not see those videos of him standing straight up on the on the freaking exercise ball I mean that was absolutely ridiculous 
I mean, this guy is he, he, he is an animal, and I, I, I know people are, are believing that he is this is going to be the year where he finally drops off or he's going to just play less just so he's, he's able to go come, uh, come the postseason. But this guy is a freak of an athlete. I mean, you look at guys like, like MJ, similar sort of mileage on the body. He played all 82 games the 97-98 season. He's 34-35, similar enough age to LeBron. He played all 82 games. Then he went uh, the full whack in the playoffs, and he was league MVP. He was finals MVP. The Bulls won it all. And in terms of physical gifts i think uh lebron and mj are, are pretty close uh, just uh, natural how, how did we segue how did we segue from me saying the lakers are gonna have some struggles on offense for you bringing in the jordan and and <laughs> lebron debate yeah, man i know i'm not trying to go how did we get there i'm just saying i believe like lebron is going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder this uh, all year and as long as he is healthy he is going to be out in the court and he is going to be doing all he can to make people shut the hell up. I guess that's the main thing. Everyone's kind of, no one's really dissing on him. I'm not going to say anyone's hating on LeBron or anything, but everyone is fairly confident of him. No everyone longer, thinks they're going to take a step back. Yeah, I him, think that's him, a general him, consensus around the no league. He's, he's the watched best, it. the best player in the league. This is kind of the first he's not. season. Yeah, this is the first season that everyone's saying that he, this is the first season that everyone's kind of agreeing that he is not the best friend of the league. Just saying, yeah, KD, Giannis, yeah, are, are above LeBron. But I think that's going to be a chip on his shoulder all year, and that's going to make him want to deliver to a level that only he can do at 36, 37. Is it going to make him want to play play defense in the regular season? No. Well, I mean, hey, that's where, that's think... where they need AD to be healthy. If that guy really wants that, to commit, exactly. that's what they need. They need AD to be healthy. He's he's never played a a ninety percent healthy season. No, they they need they need him on the floor more than anyone on this team right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's an expert. I mean, he needs to not just that, but he needs to improve his outside shot too. He's he's been consistently pushing to be uh, on the wing, pushing to be a power forward. But he has not shown that he can consistently be good beyond the arc. I mean, that's something he really needs to do this season, especially um, given their their depth in the front court. They have no no stretch uh, bigs in the front court at this point. And it, here's the thing: when you stop being good at defense, you stop getting fast breaks, you stop getting easy points, and that's going to be something they're really going to suffer from this season. Is Half court offenses against set defense when you don't have spacing is going to be a big problem. If you got Russell Westbrook on the floor, if you got LeBron James on the floor, you got Kendrick Nunn's a a great, a great shooter. I mean, is, is he going to be the guy that maybe prevents Davis and James from getting double teams every single time they touch the ball in the post? I know they're going to let Horton Tucker shoot. There's just too many, too many questions in terms of half court offense that I think it's going to take them. It's going to take them a while. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to have things down until January. Yeah. I, I think. I think I would not be surprised if in January the Lakers are a five hundred team. 
Oh yeah, no, I think in, in the Lakers, I'd say the mindset of the, the entire coaching staff, maybe the players too, they're thinking we just need to have it right come the postseason. Really, I think they know they're going to be in the playoffs. I think it's just a question of are we going to be at 100% come playoff time or is this something that's just that's just ultimately not going to work? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a real interesting one. Uh, as you say, it's kind of so hard to ever bet against LeBron, but it, it, there's a lot of question marks about this Lakers team, more so than any other year, really, that LeBron's been on the team other than maybe the first year. And, and it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Frank Vogel tries to adapt his game or just continues to play to, to his strengths as well. Yeah. So who do we got next year on, uh, we'll say, the, we'll say there's tier 1A, guaranteed regular season success. I don't think we want to project far into the postseason. That's such a different discussion. Uh, <clears throat> and then 1B, I would say you got your teams like the Lakers. You know they're going to be good, but there's question marks. There's things that need to be figured out. Who, who's your next on this uh, on this tier? I don't really know which way to go. I mean, I, I want to look at Denver, but then at the same time, what way are they going to be without without Jamal Murray? Uh, they were sixteen and eight without him. Yeah, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. turned up. Michael Porter Jr. is gonna gonna is, is, is if he's gonna have a he's gonna need to have a breakthrough year, really. I mean, you're looking looking at the at, at the Nuggets. I mean, you're looking at Jokic last year. He was the MVP. He was absolutely unbelievable. 26, 11, 8. Shooting fifty-seven percent from the field, just just under forty from three, and and just under ninety from the free throw line. This guy was an animal. I if if he can get anywhere close to that again, it'll be uh, extremely impressive. But I think MPJ is the big is the big one. Uh, and another year out of Aaron Gordon, is he going to be more comfortable? I think it was it was a little bit awkward that 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 for that bit of time in uh, yeah. in Denver for him. How is he going to be with a, a full offseason under his belt? More time in the city, more time with, within the team. Can he get back to his his best? And then MPJ, he's he's the big one. He got paid the money. Now it's time to go and show it. I think I think that Michael Porter Jr is going to have a bad first quarter of the season. So I think that there's going to be a, a very new role expected of him now that comes with the money and what you expect from him from his performance in the playoffs and the end of the year last year. Um, his efficiency was just unbelievable. I mean, it, it's going to come back. He's not going to shoot 44% from three uh, again. I mean, if, if he does that, that'll just – we'll just be in a new realm of, of questioning what his ceiling really is. Um, Cause I mean, when people make comparisons to him, like Durant comparisons, those are real in high school. Those are very real comparisons. I, I think when you look at him now, it's just Durant to a muted level, like a, a poor man's Durant, you would say, which is still a very productive borderline or all-star type player. But I, I think where he's really going to have to struggle and figure things out is being a pure scorer, but filling that Jamal Murray role. I think Jamal Murray did a really, really good job of facilitating the offense, but also looking for his own shot in the right times. And everything flowed really well in how he would orchestrate handoffs with Jokic, pick and rolls with Jokic. And 
that I think is going to be the biggest change in the, in the first part of the season here. Cause I mean, Jokic can do it all. I mean, he was really in an MVP rhythm, but they're really going to miss that. And it makes their team a lot less uh, multifaceted compared to when they had uh, a playmaker like Murray on the floor. Um, we'll see if Michael Porter Jr. Can do some of that, that, that would, that for me, that's going to be the biggest impact. If Michael Porter Jr. Can work on putting the ball on the floor and being a playmaker in the pick and roll that that could be something that would allow them to stay as consistent as they were last year. Um, but I don't know. Do we bet? Do you want to bet on Michael Porter Jr.? Do you want to bet on Aaron Gordon looking a little less awkward than last year? I think he'll do better defensively. I mean, he was exactly what they needed um, in the break. That was exactly what they needed. Just do so much more. I think he honestly in his role right now, Jeremy Grant has taken a huge step offensively, but for what Jeremy Grant was, Aaron Gordon is a souped up power version of that in his role for the Nuggets. Um, I, I think he'll have a really resurgent year next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree on that. And I think with, with MPJ, I mean, the, the, the Nuggets have been prepared for this. When did Murray go down last April? Was it that, that Murray went down with that ACL? I mean, they should have been preparing to, to, Put MPJ in the best position to uh, yeah. to fill to fill the hole of Murray uh, since, since since that time, and and we will see now. Was it possible? Have they have they tried to do it at all? It, 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 this is this is a big uh, big deal on on the coach again. I think are they aiming to have Murray back before the end of the season? I guess they're probably not willing to put a timetable. Probably, probably not. Probably yeah. not. And, and an interesting question for for this team is. What do you get out of guys like Bulbul? I mean, I, I I haven't seen uh I haven't seen him really make anything more than flashes. You see him make these these crossovers as a what is he? He's seven seven, right? Yeah, seven seven, thirty foot wingspan, whatever. But like seeing all these highlights of him offensively, the way you can stroke it from three as well. Um, you got to imagine it would be fun to see him in these lineups, but I, I still question over the course of the season, if he's going to be able to contribute, but Hey, I mean, that that's, you always want to bet on some young talent, taking a step forward um, more realistically um, a low key guy to watch throughout the season will be PJ Dozier. Uh, Mark Malone really leaned on him as their backup wing last year. And he never disappointed mm. energy shooting defense facility. I mean, he really did it all. Uh, in his role. So I, I think there's just too much depth here to to count them out. And then you, you hope for Michael Porter Jr. Continue to take a step that you expect. And I think when we compare to Aiton and MPJ, I think MPJ showed a lot more than, than Aiton did. And I think that's why he deserved it um, because without him providing that, that spark in scoring when Murray left, I, I don't think the Nuggets would end the season like they did. They were, they were 16 and eight. Yes. Because Jokic was, MVP level, un, undeniable MVP level, but his two his two guy was absolutely MPJ and he propelled them to that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no. I'm not gonna, not gonna, not gonna fight you back, fight you too hard on that one. <laughs> I, I'm, I didn't, I didn't come on this podcast to, to bash eight. And I don't know, I don't know what you, uh, you've been a bad influence on me here. <laughs> I'm getting negative again. I'm getting back to my old ways. Um, so we got our Lakers. We got our nuggets in this this question, questionably unquestionable tier, we'll say. 
I think I am willing to fit two other teams into this category in almost like a, maybe this is our tier two ish. I'm not sure. Where, where do you put the Blazers in the maps? Yeah, those are, those, those are the, uh, the question marks. Is that the same company? Is that the same company I, as Lakers I, Nuggets? I, I, I think it is just because I'm like Luka Doncic, okay? You've mm-hmm. been an absolute sicko. They've brought Jason Kidd in to apparently get something more out of you. I, the, not that you were doing too bad <laughs> before, but uh, okay. So uh, now I'm looking yeah, at... What could possibly go wrong? What okay. could possibly go wrong? You go just win the MVP and uh, finally uh, win, uh, uh, have the, the Dallas win a, win a series in the playoffs. Yeah, okay. That That's a really good point because I think the reason I feel, even though last year you can't compare the two teams, just the Nuggets were far and away a better team over the course of the season than the Mavericks were. They are more consistent, played more as a team. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're separated by five wins for whatever reasons, you know, the, the way the season went. So you look at a guy like Doncic, absolutely right. I mean, he's going to be an MVP candidate barring health for the next five, 10 years. And the team that they've kept around him, you know, they didn't make any major changes. They got what they needed in more three and D type players, Reggie Bullock. I think he's going to give them exactly what they wish they had out of Josh Richardson. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know you love your Reggie Bullock. Um, I'm sure you, do you love your Frank Nilakina? Yeah. In fairness to Frank (laughs) Nilakina, the the, the right coach could probably get something out of him. if they. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. It, it, every everyone loves to plug those uh, per thirty six minutes uh, defensive stats for Nilakina, and he'd just be the best. Uh, he'd basically be Gary Payton two if he did that. <laughs> so we'll let's we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But well, I don't understand. I don't know why the, the Mavericks seem to be like this graveyard of every Knicks experiment. Um, <laughs> that I, I wonder, are you guys gonna dump uh, RJ Barrett there next? Is that okay. his next don't, destination? Don't do don't you do, do be this and RJ just. <laughs> Come on. Um, but on that note, let's talk about your your uh your ex here. We'll do a little ex talk, Chris Steps. Well, you know, it's a tough season last year. What, what do you think? Is he gonna uh, figure it out this year? Uh I mean, how many more chances can he get? I think in all honesty, now obviously he had some issues, he had some complaints last year, he now appears to be happy. This is kind of his last year. This is, for me, this is his last year to prove that he is an all-star caliber player, a two-star caliber player, especially to an absolute superstar like Luka Doncic. I mean, you can't just have this guy who, when he wants to be, or if he worked hard enough, could be, or if he was healthy enough, could be this guy. No, that can't be the way anymore. This is the year that he has to come out and show the all-star level that he did before before he went down with the uh with the knee injury i mean obviously that's so hard to come back from when you're a guy of his size but the last couple of years have just been him him moaning and complaining and that's all i've really seen out of porzingis (laughs) and this is a guy who can be a really top level maybe not the top level but certainly a two-star in in this nba absolutely especially when you're one star as luka Doncic, no doubt this guy has got unbelievable ability. He's called the unicorn for a reason. I mean, the talent is Everyone's there. called a unicorn these days. <laughs> the talent is there. 
now it's just a question of can the duo click? Can they lead this Dallas team into a new era of success? And will it work under Jay Kidd? I mean, hard to say. I mean, he's had a, a mixed career as, as a head coach. He's got one series win as a as a, in the playoffs as a head coach, but apparently he's the man to to make it work between Luca and KP. So yeah, let's have it. Yeah, I think I think for a lot of reasons, um, Jason Kidd is a sneaky good um, good addition to this team. I mean, it kind of matches where what they want to do, um, and who better to endorse him than Rick Carlisle? Jason Kidd's former coach, obviously the coach for Mavericks for quite some time, championship head coach, to say that, you know, he shares a lot in common with Doncic as a player. Um, and for Mark Cuban himself, um, for, for a guy who's who's such a proclaimed advocate for for women and and staunch staunchly opposes the sexual harassment that's apparently happening in his organization that he cried on tv about apologizing for that he had no idea about um who better for him to bring in as a head coach uh as someone who pled guilty for beating his wife um that's it's just exactly what i would expect from mark cuban so kudos kudos to him to to keep keeping up his his uh commitment there so that, that's great but uh yeah jason kidd welcome uh do you see that picture <laughs> Did you see that picture of his, col- that. of his of his? <laughs> you were not ready. <laughs> Sorry, did that take a dark turn? Uh, okay, what, what picture? I don't know. I, I uh, <laughs> the picture of his uh, his collared shirt, his big collared polo. That that was that was my that that was my favorite meme of the preseason. They, someone basically posted said they'll they'll increase the size of his collar every twenty five likes, and it got like hundred and fifty K likes. And it was just it was just a continuous uh, it was you had to you had to be there. You had to be there. <laughs> but honestly on the court for forgetting all the other issues, which you know I think is serious. Well just to talk about basketball, you look at the issues that he had with the Bucks. He was well known to be a tyrannical type of head coach. After a loss um around christmas day he did not let the players go see their families on christmas made them practice and he too many reports that he was extra hard on larry sanders um who just coincidentally decided to retire that year um so how is it gonna look you go from a guy who's very cool calm and collected and rick carlisle and you switch that coaching style, that culture to a guy like Jason Kidd. Has he changed? Maybe. But there's something fundamental to that type of um, basketball attitude. Um, maybe that Kobe-esque attitude of, you know, you, you put on the pressure and that makes them better. A Jordan-esque type of attitude, old school. But that that's definitely a difference. And, you know, what do the Mavericks need to get better at on the court? Defense. They're 21st in defensive rating. They've been terrible and they've yielded so many um, given up so many leads and been really, they had one of the smallest uh, win margins for a team that was so offensively gifted because their defense was a sieve. There wasn't a single year that Jason Kidd's Bucks, and guess who he had? He had Giannis, he had Chris Middleton, he had Eric Bledsoe, he had Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he had elite defenders and he never got better than 22 in defensive rating with the Bucks. So maybe things have changed. You know, there's definitely possibility things have changed. 
Um, but I, I guess I'm not super high on this hiring number one for character, but number two, also like what he's proven as a head coach on the floor. Um, if you want to pin the Lakers being a good defensive team on him being an assistant coach there. Okay. I just, I, I don't buy that. And I, I question how this is going to affect, uh, the trajectory of this team. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally with you there. This is definitely a questionable call. He's got, he's got some good endorsements to be fair, but yeah, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on, on this Dallas team and see what sort of improvements Jason Kidd is, is, is making to this team. And this this could ultimately prove to be a a big mistake from Mark Cuban and uh, and the Dallas Mavericks organization. But hopefully, maybe it's just what a guy like Porzingis needs. Maybe he needs that tough love and... Uh, Luca, I don't, I don't care who the coach is. Luca's going to be awesome. So yeah, the, it's more more about uh, uh, the likes of uh, Porzingis and maybe uh, Tim Hardaway as well. Yeah. So what do we think about the other one? What do, you, what do you think about the Blazers? And cue the Dame trade talks in three, two. <laughs> I mean, I I, I'm looking at this the, the Portland team, and I'm thinking, is this just one last hurrah? That's it. That's how I'm looking at it. This is just one last go. <laughs> so the last year too. They've, they've got they've got Dame to just to to shut up, I guess, and not and not 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 talk about wanting to leave. He didn't even say anything. They brought uh, it. enough. They got in Chauncey Billups. It's his first job as a as mm-hmm. a head coach. I mean, not to to say anything against him, I guess. Uh, Dame is happy. He's the star. I think that's the, the main person you have, you want to please when you're bringing in a new uh, head coach. But how committed is Dame? Is Dame 100% there with Chauncey Billups? He's 100% ready to lead this team back to the playoffs. Have they got the roster around him to really challenge in this Western Conference? Uh, there's just so many question marks. But as long as they got Dame there with the talents of him and CJ McCollum, they're still going to be, I think, a top six team in this Western Conference. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see any question for it in terms of regular season success. So, I mean, it's it's actually funny. It, it's funny for me that I'm not putting them in the the tier one A. Because mm. I, I mean, I, I don't have any questions that they're going to be at least you know top four, top five. Maybe, maybe it's just the the ceiling. But there's a lot of things that can go right for them. Um, the way that they were able to – Gary Trent Jr., awesome, great, great two-way player. I think a little bit of a better two-way player than uh, Powell. But this this three-headed guard monster that they run out with Lillard, McCollum, and Powell, I mean, that, that was just an explosive combination of scoring. I mean, that's going to work for them every night. Um, and then they brought in – I mean, Covington was, was still – really good defensively as a help as a team defender, help defender. You bring in Larry Nance, who's elite defensively. He's going to stretch the floor. That's a, that's a dynamic they haven't had. Patrick Patterson is going to help with that in terms of depth. Um, then you got whispers of Nasir Little getting better. Uh, this obviously he might have a real chance to crack the rotation in a meaningful way. I mean, he's got the tools. He's six, six, seven, one weeks, man. We know all that. We know his physical ability. Um, if he just emerges as a solid player, that's, that's something they really, really needed three and D, uh, athleticism and youth Anthony Simons that, I mean, that's something that could help. So there's a lot of things that could break their way. And I know for a fact that that core 
with Yusuf, if Yusuf Nurkic is healthy too, great. They got Cody Zeller in there for a little bit of, of uh, depth. Again, Larry Nance, I mean, he can play the five. They can play in a lot of different ways. And Chauncey Billups, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he sets this up. But when you have a team that's that good, I mean, he's going to be able to replicate a lot of what was done with Terry Stotts, um, introduce his own style. Because, I mean, this team knows how to play off of each other already. So I think it would be a little bit more of a question for a first-time head coach if there's a lot of new variables. But, you know, the, 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 the bones are there for a great team. So, I mean, maybe they deserve to be in 1A. There's, there's, there's not a lot of questions besides the playoffs. We're not talking about playoffs, you know? We're not talking about playoffs. So, so I, I think in, in terms of giving them the respect they need, I, I think I'll absolutely put them, in terms of the regular season, I'll, I'll put them over teams like the Lakers. I'll, I'll put them over teams like um, the Nuggets, where there's going to be – there's going to be quite, I don't think there's any questions that this team is going to be successful in the regular season, at least. I mean, they, they got some crazy COVID stuff last year. Um, CJ McCollum got hurt too. So hopefully that's a little bit less of an issue this year. I love but, that you're talking uh, about giving them respect and then you, 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 you have no interest in giving any respect to the Lakers or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there's legitimate questions. You, you just, you just want to be old LeBron. He's still not. No, I'm, I'm tired of. Eventually, it's not even about LeBron. It has nothing to do with LeBron. Yeah, but then you talk yeah. about this Portland team, and after last year, Dame had no interest in coming back. He wanted out. He was done in Portland. He was finished. There was nothing to be done there. Oh, okay, we but made a coach. Who says? Team. Okay, we're back. We're ready. Who says? He, mean, he, come on, you know, that he, stuff doesn't come out, and it's and it's a load of that. That, that, oh, that stuff my is God. Come on, that that stuff is being written by by Nick's by Knicks fans on Reddit and then being aggregated to the media. I mean, he had, all right. So he had some, like, he's had more questionable, like Instagram posts and comments and stuff like that. And it, you know, it's, it's honestly amazing to me that like nothing gets by Twitter, nothing gets by Instagram. Like an NBA player can't like a comment among a sea of comments for someone to not see it and for it to go viral. Like there's like any shred <laughs> of privacy just is, is just doesn't exist, Come on, but, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was, it was a little more than usual. Like he, he, but he touted his line, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm committed to this team. So, I mean, obviously he, as a business decision, he makes it pretty clear that he can't predict the future. He's not going to commit right now, long-term to this team, but Hey, I, I think that that's going to, his team is good enough where he's going to be happy with the regular season. I, I, I don't think that it's going to matter until what, what do they do in the postseason? If they knock on the door, I think that's enough to keep a guy like him around. But obviously, that's that's a whole other discussion. But he, he deserves it. I'm, I'm going to put them in one A. You can put them whatever you want. You can put Lakers one. I don't care. I'll let you have it just because just I, I got the respect for Dame. All right. All right. Well, before we get into these next few tiers here, I don't know if we're going to go two, three, Maybe I'll put some other teams above the Lakers. We'll see. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in today. As the season heats up, we'd love to connect over social media and carry out the conversation with you, fan. You can find us on Instagram at coast2coast00 and Twitter at coastnba. Hit our DMs with any topics you want to discuss and join the conversation today. Now... Back to the rest of the episode. 